0: The U.S. defense industry is large, complex, and competitive. It is also lucrative for those companies able to navigate it successfully. The American Society of Military Comptrollers helps bridge the gap between the boardroom and the battlefield while supporting transformation in the defense sector. The Business of Defense podcast brings you inside the companies working to achieve this directly from the business leaders and to understand how they create value for their companies and their customers. For more information on ASMC, visit asmconline.org.
1: The Homance Chronicles. The female equivalent of a bromance. So many poor choices. But so many good types. But
0: so many poor choices. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, this is the Homance Chronicles,
1: and I'm Sarah. And I'm Nicole, and we are... We're like Tasmanian devils in this recording. We are just flying in here like a whirlwind and we're going to fly <laughs> back out. But I do, I mean, I admittedly do love to have these breaks during my work day where we Me get too. to like hang out and chit chat and learn something new. And so I'm also very excited that we have an international relationship and dating coach on the show with us today. So welcome. International y'all. Yeah. International. International. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome Lily Walford. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. (laughs) And you are positioned in
2: London, I believe, right? No. In the UK, though, so that's the okay. main thing. <laughs> okay. Everyone's from London in the UK when it comes to that.
1: Uh... Well, you <laughs> know, on our, um, our like, site where we connected, I feel like it just bought, like, yeah, it just batches everybody into London. Yes. So, <laughs> you know, I feel like I got that from somewhere, but my apologies for making that up. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we,
0: so we live in a Michigan, which is a state that you can replicate with your hand. And so a lot of the times people are like, oh, you're from Detroit. It's like, no, it's like right over here. And then you got to give them the like little hand with the area.
2: Oh, wow. You guys don't have
0: that option. It's really convenient, <laughs> but you guys don't have that option. So everybody just is located in London as far as we're yeah. concerned. Yeah, no, <laughs> the
2: purpose of this podcast, yes, London.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, now that we Perfect. got the logistics out of the way. Um, Those are important. Yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, How long have you been a relationship slash dating coach? For
2: three years. And it's been quite a journey because I don't tend to, I don't really work in the same way as other relationship and dating coaches work. So uh, my, my kind of background in this, I actually went through like narcissistic psychopathic relationships where I stalked for five years it was just absolutely like my love life was an absolute mess like real. you were
1: stalked can... for five, five years
2: yes <laughs>
1: yeah that's where i'm raising my
0: hand you know the podcast let's not meet you know that you know that podcast, yeah let's yeah meet? is it like one of those types of stalking situations do we need to hear the story
2: <laughs> oh my gosh it was just insane so the the, the crazy part of this was it, it was it was a police officer So, um, yeah. This is a lifetime special. Where's Teal? (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, we we were together for a couple of years and he was actually traveling over 100 miles um, uh, with his girlfriend, you know, his new girlfriends and replicating the photos of what we took in our relationship with his new girlfriends. So, when I say psychopathic, I'm genuinely not like. Yeah, you're not
0: not being lighthearted about the situation no, no, exactly,
2: exactly so yeah kind of going through those relationships thinking oh my gosh how on earth did I end up in these kind of places you know I had a great childhood great job intelligent and you think oh gosh you know what is it about me that's you know going into these kind of relationships and um I kind of found that I kind of went into you know unhealthy relationships even after that but Went through a, a breakup and I thought, you know what? Stop this. You know, what's the, you know, I need to really, really look at this, really look at my life. Went through this breakup where I literally moved houses, moved cities, moved jobs, everything all in one go. And I started going into coaching, hypnotherapy, NLP. I became an NLP trainer, um, started up a business. Wait, wait, wait. What's NLP? So it's yeah. neuro linguistic. Programming. So it's where you actually start to uh, the subconscious, basically. And uh, it's like, you know, unlocking unlimited <laughs> beliefs and all this. But you know what? I feel
1: like I'd be just constantly crying.
2: It's, <laughs> you know what? It's, it's quite cathartic. But you know what the thing was I got really pissed off about was that I'd done all this work. And I was thinking, okay, great. I'm ready for this new relationship. And I realized, actually, it's a load of crap in terms of like, okay, you can have all the great self-confidence, all this, but I'm still attracting these weird narcissistic people. Um, And it's like, okay, well, something's got to give, there's got to be something more to this. I mean, for example, you know, if you've got a, you know, a sheep that's got great self-confidence, you know, suddenly a wolf's not going to go, well, I'm not going to eat that one. You know, it doesn't work like that. (laughs) That's
0: a good point. You could be as prepared as you want to be, but you're not prepared for that one narcissist or whoever it is that's just like willing to do what it takes to break you down again.
2: Exactly. And I think this is the thing. It's like this misold thing because you tend to have people who go into those relationships and they're like, oh gosh, it's all my fault. What am I doing wrong? And all these different things. So uh, this is actually where I went into... like a crazy rabbit hole like absolutely freaking crazy in terms of i met someone called chase hughes and he's a world um, world leader in behavioral profiling you know has 30 million dollars worth of government-backed research and trained you know military operatives to stay alive in life or death situations so we actually um, partnered up in business with him where we could read people within six minutes or less and also read body language and then on top of that, we developed a course on actually how to identify and disarm narcissists. So I told you a little bit of a different approach to the normal, you know, Let's talk about the, the lovely and romantic traits that you'd love to see in your partner, and just wish and hope that we can find the right one. I mean, come on, you know it's like, um, and I love the spirituality, I love the the manifesting type, you know, side of things. But it's like, look, if you're going to go and get a job, you're not going to go, oh, I'm just going to hope and pray that I'm going to go and get this job. You're going to put your CV out, you're going to do the steps and do the right steps in order to work for the right company. And it's in relationships are very similar. You know, you need to be able to recognize ah, Okay. This person's right for me. Otherwise you're going to go into a relationship. Wonder why it didn't work out because you weren't bloody compatible in the first place.
0: I love the, I love the concept of like being aware of a profile to avoid. Like that's really, because really a lot of the times when people go out and date, they date the wrong person. They're like, oh, I have a bad picker. Oh, I, I'm just a bad, like I'm bad at this. When in reality, it's like, mm, nope. Nope, you're just not seeing things clear enough, which is fine. We can fix this, but you're not broken. I like that. I like that story. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh,
2: the funny thing is as well, like when we have a look at online dating profiles, you can literally pick so much from them. I mean, um, for example, we, uh, we actually hired someone last year onto our team. <laughs> this guy's knowledge on like reading things is just absolutely freaking insane. I mean, um, to the point where... We kind of played a bit of a trick on him and uh, we found this very interesting dating profile. We did a little bit of, you know, combing the web and we knew the background of this um, this person's profile because it was off the back of a, a very dodgy news article about <sighs> what the person did. And it was like a plenty of fish dating profile. So let me just
1: pause for one second and tell you that we call plenty of fish, plenty of felons. because. I- right there's been yes. so many instances that that tends just... to be where people with a record go I you
0: validated it further I don't know it's a global <laughs> thing what? it's a
2: global thing yeah but you know what as well like if someone goes to a dating site and say excuse me did you know this member on your dating site has a criminal record they will not take it down
0: well why it's not their responsibility no they're they... it's they're not there to protect you that's not their job yeah I... You have to do your own sussing out. It's almost like the dating version of Craigslist. In reality, that's where I'm at with it. That's how I kind of like, those two are in the same little like visual bucket for me. It's like plenty of fish, Craigslist,
2: same level. Oh my gosh, that is so freaking true. Love it. But yeah, but the, the funny thing is, as well, on top of the whole, I mean, I'll go into like the Ben thing in a second, but even down to people who are on dating sites, 51% of them are already in relationships.
1: That's gross. We've heard
2: this before.
1: Yeah, yeah. I just
0: pushed it out of my brain, apparently, because this is like brand new to me. <laughs>
1: No, no. We've heard this from other, um, dating coaches. I don't remember specifically who, but, um, we've talked about how hard it is to get it narrowed down to the percentage of people who are actually available and ready for a relationship. And over the course of the last few, uh, podcast recordings that we've done it's actually been more male dating coaches who are basically representing men and saying that they are men are on there for a lot of other reasons than to date and they're also mm-hmm. not available
2: yeah. yeah yeah at all good luck <laughs> yeah yeah But no, there there are like ways to go ahead and and meet the right one. But the funny thing is, a lot of my approaches, so people who tend to work with me tend to meet the one within three months, I think it's about 72% at the minute of my clients meet the one within three months of working together. And uh, one of the reasons why is because we actually go through a bit of a strategy together of like, okay, what what sort of partner do you actually need in order to have a long lasting relationship? Who's actually compatible with you? We've got compatibility matrix that we've developed and all these different things, because the funny thing is the majority of people aren't suited to online dating so when we actually have a look at it it's like okay when you're going out and actually going on these dating sites where you haven't got many people available also you've got potential of criminals on there as well and also you've got the the element where if you're very emotionally aware you'll you'll struggle to meet someone else who's emotionally aware on those dating sites I think this is what a lot of people tend to struggle with but circling uh, so back to Ben gave him this like freaking dodgy profile and gave him like literally like the the you know you give him the, the pictures from the profile a little bit of the bio and um literally within three minutes he got this voice recording I've still got it and it's hilarious because you can hear that he's in the bath whilst um you know chatting away <laughs> I can hear this water on it anyway. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly but he's like oh yeah okay cool so this guy's got you know dead eyes this that and the other listing out all the things that, he Wait, that he's finding. so
0: I'm envisioning like a like a like a cop profile like, like a like a guy who would go in and like do a professional psychological profile on a serial killer
2: yeah, I mean, he can totally do that. He's actually worked oh, yeah. That's um, cool. alongside the police, almost like Sherlock. We, we nicknamed him like Sherlock Holmes because he's actually worked <sighs> alongside the police, not been in the police, but they've actually given him um, cases to close. And he's done that from just not even leaving the room. I so, genuinely uh,
0: feel yeah. like your your
2: whole story is an actual
0: like Netflix series that should <laughs> come out. <laughs> like, you have all of these characters right now, and
2: I'm just like, they keep
0: coming, let's keep going. So,
2: yeah. But, like, this um, profile basically, he managed from these just three pictures, a little bit of a bio, worked out that this guy was a murderer, a pedophile, and um, someone who was very, very violent. And you can literally just take that in from, you know, the way the face looks, whatever's going on in the background, clothes they wear. So, this is the type of detail that you can actually pick from a dating profile. And you think about it. What does that help you avoid? You know, you don't even have to reach out and message that person. You don't. No, I,
1: obviously. <laughs> but yeah,
2: but this is the thing. Come on, Duff. But yeah, but this Jesus. is the thing because, like, um, when we're like dating, we get emotionally involved, yeah. and when we actually have that empathy, that's where we're the, That's where we're most easily manipulated and influenced. Mm -hmm. you think about the people who you're most close to if they turn around to you and give you advice you're going to take notice versus a stranger for example so this is the way that people actually get you know in these places or in these relationships but they're like oh my gosh how do I get out or how why did I do this or why did I lose myself because they've been so manipulated in those relationships through empathy and lots of people tend to believe that it's like okay I'm too intelligent to Um, you know be manipulated or influenced or I'm too strong Mm
0: -mm.
2: no especially like some of the stuff I've learned through the the research from Chase's stuff when we had access to like um, MKUltra files and cults and all sorts and it's insane how easy it is to actually influence people through just empathy alone
0: yeah I imagine that it's well because everybody's feelings need to be validated and that's why they constantly chase for that but just like i love the approach that you're taking it's not it's a more scientific approach and really just leveraging the empathy card (laughs) (laughs)
1: look at you could die don't don't take
0: this person
1: (laughs) right i mean i consider myself to be a very intelligent independent um well-rounded person And I had an ex-boyfriend who was putting me in a position where he was saying things like, um, well, if you cared about me or you cared about this relationship, then you would do X or whatever. And I was like, already invested for about two years in that relationship with him at that point. And that's when I had to start seeking out therapy because... It was fucking with my head so much because I'm like, logically, that does not make sense. <laughs> yeah, but my heart felt for him. And, you know, he's positioning all of this as like, if you are a true partner, blah, blah, blah. And, I, and I'm like, you start questioning, you're like, is that true? like should I be standing by his side instead of following the logical path like he actually got me to question like my own sense and so she's a Virgo so that's a you know that's a really (laughs) impact
0: thing like she was emotional about this human being which was saying not you know in all sense, but saying a lot that she was questioning her own integrity and that's
2: that's, that's the beauty of narcissistic relationships mm-hmm. yeah because they catch you just like you said they catch you in that gray area of like well am I the person at fault here should I be doing this and that is like the the golden zone of where you start questioning your own your own you know your own actions your own motions so what I tend to find is when people even come out of those narcissistic relationships or manipulative relationships you end up having the brain fog you're questioning what's true what's not true even the simplest bloody decision of like which bloody milk to buy you're like you're you're standing there for five minutes to try and figure out which one's the right one it's like everything becomes a little bit harder and even down to understanding your own emotions because it's like okay if you're feeling angry it's like well I shouldn't really be feeling angry you talk yourself out of it logically so there's a lot that goes on with those like narcissistic, manipulative or controlling relationships. And then you've got the other element of okay, can I trust someone? Because you know, mm-hmm. it's like that element that plays out of like trusting someone else to be that, you know, to, to allow them into the relationship with you and also trusting yourself again because it's almost in narcissistic relationships, it's like being an external hard drive to them it's like where do they begin and you end (laughs) when you end up in those relationships when you come out it's almost this thing of like refinding yourself to be able to be in that place where you feel comfortable with your emotions your thoughts your logic your integrity and all those different things And you can end up, I mean, it's like I'm talking from personal experience, I'm talking from clients' experiences, but you end up even looking back at that previous version of you that's gone through that. It's like, how did I do that? Why are I so stupid for doing this? You've also got the layers of anger, frustration, guilt, confusion, all these different things from that past relationship as well. So, yeah, it's very interesting when you start looking at the layers that can happen with a narcissistic relationship.
0: So when you like when your clients come to you, I have so many questions um, <laughs> <laughs> because I just think that narcissism is such a like a very interesting crime. You know what I mean? Like I, it's it's a crime. It's an emotional abuse. And I don't think that um, the, the recognize like it's recognizes that yet, but it's just an awful thing to experience and it's damaging. So like when you have people coming to you. You know, do you ever see like on top of all those different layers that they also have like emotional trauma or trauma from growing up? You know, like you mentioned, there's you had like a, an ideal life. You know, like I did too. I didn't really have a lot of crazy snuff stuff happen in my life. It's fine, I'm you know educated, I'm intelligent, <laughs> all these things. I've got all these things going for me, but you know, s- there's still trauma from your childhood that you have to explore, understand. So. Have you seen um, folks that come in who think they may have been in a narcissistic relationship, but truly it was their own self-sabotage and trauma? So there's a few different
2: things. So let's talk a little bit about, yeah, so many different directions. So let's right? talk about what a narcissist <laughs> is. So a narcissist, because this word is like a freaking buzzword at the moment, and people yeah. are using it incorrectly a lot of the time. It's like gaslighting
0: nar- right now. It's oh. gaslighting
2: narcissism. Those two are like Yes. Innovation
0: and like synchronicity, that shit. Right. Day. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah, but narcissists, a true narcissist, the empathy part of the brain is actually underdeveloped. So asking a narcissist to feel is like asking a fish to walk. So um, what we tend to find is the way that we actually learn empathy is when we're babies, and we mimic our parents' facial expressions, and that's the way that we actually build up the empathy. The reason why a lot of people end up in narcissistic relationships, and this is the interesting part, is it's to do with like the identity layers. So you can you don't necessarily have to go through a traumatic experience or traumatic childhood. It's having a look at the role that you played as a child, because mm-hmm. you know, during those delicate ages, you're creating your identity. And through your identity, you're learning, okay, what's the role that I play? So, for example, were you the people pleaser? Did you, were you the goody two-shoes? Were you the independent child? Were you the victim child? You know, I was definitely a victim child younger. You know, fall over. The scream. <laughs> yeah, right. I was the oldest. So I was like the, you know, the mini adult. yeah mini adult there we go so there's like all these different roles that we learn to play and we don't just play them out as an adult in our relationships there's every single area of our life you know we play it through work we play it through with friends so when we have that we're actually playing out this role in that relationship so what we're looking for as well through playing that role is the way that we feel emotionally so we will recreate the emotions that we felt as a child in our adult relationships. So for example, if you had a parent um, that was very emotionally shut down or not very emotionally open, you'll end up going and having a look at partners who weren't very emotionally open. And it's almost a little bit like a trauma cycle because what you do is you go into that relationship trying to get the validation you needed as a child and it's playing out that subconscious pattern that's going on in the background. So a lot of it is actually being able to heal those layers and then from that place going, okay, what is it that's actually going to work for me in terms of a relationship? What's the relationship um, that, that I actually want rather than what people expected me to have? You know, you think about society, you think about, you know, the parents' expectations and all these different things. So we're unlocking those those emotional layers and then actually having a look beneath them and saying, okay, what is it that you actually want for the future? What actually, what's the relationship that you really do want and who's going to be compatible to be able to fulfill that with you?
0: Like, how would you, would you guesstimate, you know, the number of people who come to you with knowing what they want versus I don't have a clue. I just don't understand why this isn't working.
2: (laughs) (laughs) This is like, this is the beauty of it. Like people go into um, dating almost like Russian roulette. It's like, hey, I'm here. Cool, you're taking it. Th- you know, taking attention of me. Great, cool. Hit me. Let's like, yes, go on a date. And it's almost like we're putting ourselves out as bait. Like, okay, who's who's gonna get me? You know what I mean? Um, uh, maybe actually- that's
1: why all those fishing pitchers are out there. All those men literally <laughs> trying to catch you.
2: Uh, Lost <laughs> worm, though? <laughs> <laughs> well, you I'm said we're putting ourselves worm. out
1: there as bait, so. I guess, yeah, we are the worm, huh? Not the
2: fish. <laughs> so good. Um, yeah, I'm like a glass of
0: wine on this. <laughs> <laughs> By all
2: means, next time, yes. Okay. Can I? I mean, it's, it's, it's half five in the you know in the afternoon here, right? Evening. Oh, <laughs> it's happy hour, man. It's it's
1: twelve thirty p.m. here. That doesn't stop anyone. I don't. Oh, there you go. Okay. No justifying okay. the time. <laughs>
0: It's only because I have uh,
1: meetings after this right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um,
1: so, yes, I agree that people are just going on to dating uh, sites, playing like Russian roulette, you know, and over the course of the years in my app dating experience, I've tried to get better and better about my vetting and, um, generally, I don't even like to talk on the phone. And I've been talking on the phone to guys like before I meet them, because I'm trying to keep in mind that I want, I don't want dating to drain me. Like I want dating to bring me joy. Right. And once it turns into a job or constant disappointments, now it's no longer fulfilling me in any kind of way. And even with my what i would consider very sleuth like uh detective like ways <laughs> i still end up out on a on a date with a guy where i'm like this now that we've met in person like i know this isn't going to work
2: yeah
1: and but, yeah and so unfortunately you kind of end up getting to that point because you're missing that human element that connection or like just that first initial even i feel like I it's, it's just like attraction. your energy yeah like an energy yeah attraction. it's like, like and so i don't know if you have any advice on how to
2: avoid that avoid <laughs> it
1: tough. better better vetting practices
2: yeah. um <laughs> i i kind of talked a little bit about like the compatibility matrix this is something the reason we get people to go through it's not just so they know what they want and know what's right for them it's also so they know what to recognize So what I, you know, and also the other side of things as well is making sure that you're actually with someone who you can actually be in a relationship with long-term because it's almost like um you know go on a car journey with someone you want to make sure that you're putting in the same zip code you want to make sure that you're happy with the, tr- the type of transport you want to make sure that you're listening to the same music and not fighting over the radio you know it's all these different things and it's very similar to life you want to make sure that you've got a similar goals you're going in the same sort of direction you're um, happy with in terms of the music so in terms of the rules and the values and the beliefs that you're singing along to on the way um uh, you know lifestyle thinking about the car you know what's of card you want to go on that journey with and it's the same with the kind of the lifestyle that you want to live together so it's kind of like really understanding those elements And we've got a, a free webinar that actually goes through the compatibility elements in more detail but it sounds like you've gone through the process of vetting someone and you haven't established whether there's the the spark and there's ways to figure out if there is going to be a spark um uh, within that relationship before having to meet them because there's nothing worse than going on that diet, yeah oh, it, it
1: truly really is
2: lettuce great it
1: truly is you're just like
0: wow you smell terrible
1: it, can i just turn around like can i maybe they didn't see me i can just walk this way like yeah.
0: <laughs> those are the like the dates that you'd go on where you have this great connection and then you meet them in person and your stomach just starts to hurt right away. It's such a fuck. it's a terrible experience. Yes. But a lot of people ignore that because they fall in love with like the potential of what they envisioned That's in right. their head when they had those connections before they physically met.
2: Yeah, and I love that the mm. fact that you said, you know, fell in love with the potential because so many people um, do this. I mean, I, I went on a, a podcast just yesterday and the, uh, the host turned around to me and said, so how do I get someone to? And it's like, well, that's the issue. You know, you, you need <laughs> to accept them and <laughs> love them for who they are versus getting them to do something because you wow. like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, um, you know,
0: those that's not
2: how we do with humans that's not how right. that works exactly, <laughs> exactly. and the thing is, dogs. what we tend to find is the reason the the connection isn't there for a lot of people is because there's this element of not being equals so if you haven't been you know i'm sure like you have know, lots of people listening who've been in that, a relationship where they feel like they're almost parenting their partner it's almost like, come on, you need to do this. Or, I've like got every to single leave, relationship. I've got to plan everything. Yeah. And this is, and the, the issue is, is you end up losing the chemistry. You end up losing the, that sexual traction because all yeah. of a sudden you're in a parent child relationship versus an adult relationship. So, when you're going on those dates and meeting someone, the thing that you're probably feeling is when you're going like, oh gosh, no, this isn't, this isn't going to work. Great, we've got the same values and all those things, but no, it's not going to work, is that you can sense that that's already a parent-child relationship and they're not actually at your level. So you want them to be able to be in that place where they are, yeah, just an equal to you. Because otherwise, if you yeah. don't have that, you haven't got that respect. And uh, it's actually something that I've created in terms of creating a healthy relationship, and it's our four Cs. And that, is, that actually goes into something called, obviously, compatibility. We've got the communication. We've got consideration, because if you're not considerate of each other, well, what's the bloody point? And mm-hmm. the other one that's really interesting is collaboration. Now, collaboration is kind of one of these deeper elements because it's not just about, you know, working together and, you know, everything's great. There's a few stepping stones to be able to do that in a relationship. And a big part of that is actually accountability. You know, being accountable for your side of the road, your happiness, your emotions, your finances, your this, your that, and making sure that you're a whole person to begin with. Otherwise you end up having those elements, whatever your weak spots are, bleed into the relationship. So, you know, you have someone who's then responsible for your your happiness or your finances or whatever it might be. And that's tough because you end up draining the other person. But the other side of things as well is, if that person's not whole, how can they be equal to the other person in that relationship? And the other side of things is, if that person's not accountable. so for example, they say, well, I didn't say that. How can you collaborate with that person if they're not accountable, self-aware enough to be able to be in that relationship, to collaborate together, to build on? So this is like one of the most important elements I find in a relationship. You know, when we're talking about building something together, you want to make sure that you've got someone who's actually able to build with you. So otherwise... You know, what's going to happen if you're going to try and build something with someone who's going, well, Be you know, you need to be my thing that's going to be the thing that makes me happy all the time. It doesn't work. And you end up with someone who ends up becoming the parent and taking responsibility for both sides of the relationship. And that's where things suck.
0: And there's the imbalance where you get.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: One person's incredibly upset and the other person has no idea.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: Uh, but you were, you were saying though that there's a way to identify if you're going to have a spark or maybe to identify that you wouldn't end up in this parent child relationship before you mm-hmm. even meet them. Like how do you identify yeah. that? That's almost like looking in, a crystal ball, you know? Yeah. There's some this is a secret sauce that I don't think we all know.
2: <laughs> yeah. So the will say is obviously definitely check out the compatibility matrix because that will give you so much so much in terms of understanding if that person's even worth pursuing. Okay. That's how do, really important. How do people find that? Yeah. Check out on our website and it's the meet the one webinar training, or we've got the meet the one guide and we go through the compatibility elements on there. Um, if you're a website too. Yeah. That's lovewithintelligence.com. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> just get on the website. Yeah. Just, you know, you never want to have that crystal ball.
0: Um, and <laughs> it's, it's all very available up there. Easy to find. I've already been there. It's great. stuff. <laughs> <So, yeah. laughs> <You're on. laughs>
2: Yeah. So, in terms of understanding if they're an equal or not, literally just watch them and see how they plan the date. If so they plan the let date. me tell you. Yeah, <laughs> because because if you end up going on a date and you've had to plan the whole bloody thing and you've had to plan the restaurant and you've had to step in because you feel that they're not capable enough to be able to go right, we're meeting here at this time, this that, and the other that will give you a huge idea of whether that's someone who you could trust. Um, it, you know, trust with your life, trust with your finances, trust with your emotions. That's going to give you a whole lot of insight into that person.
1: Yeah. So oh. what I was saying like <laughs> let me tell you. It's mm-hmm. because I I have I had already made the decision that if they like if a guy can't get his shit together enough to plan something but yeah, three days in advance doesn't need to be weeks but with enough time and considering my needs I'm just not going out with him like it's just not happening like if we like I can't do it I can't I do not have the patience
2: <laughs> yeah you know I was chatting to um someone the other day and they were saying um, oh yeah just going to go on this date but how do i speak to him about the place we're going to meet because they don't want to travel all the way to me and they've got a car i haven't and i've got to go on public transport very late at night through a very dodgy area i said i think you've got your answer already
1: Mm
0: -hmm.
2: yeah (laughs) yeah i mean come on you you gotta figure it out (laughs) yeah because if you think about in terms of also the competitive the um the four c's where's the consideration and where does that show empathy So when we're thinking about narcissistic relationships, you know, that's, that's there. That's that shows the empathy is not there in terms of being able to be a partner that's considerate, that's able to collaborate and to work with them.
0: I just love this so much. This conversation is so exciting. Um, (laughs) So I, I might be a reality TV junkie of sorts. I don't know, but there have been a few. She knows, she knows. (laughs) <laughs> it's fine i'm, okay. I'm not I'm- judging
1: you i'm saying
0: i was being there facetious i love this shit i can't get away from it it's like a train wreck um but the the newest there's a couple of uh different dating shows that have come up too hot to handle is one of them which i actually really enjoyed i thought it was not as trashy as it seems to be okay. like they're trying to attract all of these people to watch it because and they're using like these like i wouldn't say trashy but like you know trashy advertisements and stuff like to lure people in mm. but um they're really actually showing how important it is to make deep emotional connections so there's the two out to handle one and then there's one on hbo max right now called fuck boy island <laughs>
2: It's actually called that.
0: (laughs) It's actually called F. It's called F. Boy Island. And I've been running a train on it. Shocking. But I'm really impressed because there's three women, you know, and then you've got the premises. You've got three women. And then there's 24 men, half are fuckboys, half are self-proclaimed nice guys. Right. And then these women are trying to kind of get wade through this emotional turmoil, of all these things. And not to give too much away, but the nice guys and the the fuckboys are kind of, even at this point and it seems like as much as these women want to like the nice guys they literally cannot they are just magnetized towards these fuckboys with all of these red flags that have already caused so much so many emotion like so much emotional turmoil and you know this like span of just being on a tv show together you can see it yes. and they're still entertaining the idea of just these humans and it just blows my like what
2: you're there is so many what? reasons behind this. I need to check out this show. This sounds you fascinated. do. I, if you haven't, um,
0: like, please do. And if you can't lo- watch it in the UK, let me know. I'll fucking give you <laughs> passwords to whatever you need. Like, yeah, it is inc- It's like, like, it's impressive. I'm impressed with the way this shit's going. But yeah,
2: yeah. but there's actually a reason behind it. Mm-hmm. And the reason is, is, is down to the level of influence. And again, talking about the empathy. So uh, it's quite funny. I was chatting to someone this morning um, who is having issues with being able to meet the right person. And they were saying about that they were um, <laughs> that they went on a sleepover with this person. And uh, the thing is, what they tend to do is they do something called emotional fractionation. So you'll find that these people, the fuck boys on the show, will um do something to piss the person off and then do something really nice again. So there's this emotional high and low. And when we have that, we create an addiction. Right. So we're going through this thing of going boom, 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 and they're looking for the next fix. So that became that that helps that person to become um more of a an attraction because they're also seeking that love that they're actually enjoying from that person, especially during the lows. So what we tend to find is, I mean, I don't know if you've ever had a look into the pickup artist industry where men are actually trained to go and pick up women to go and sleep with them, but they do a very similar thing. They, they create this vibe if I can take it or leave it. And what do we do when we feel like we're not panic, not being, yes. (laughs) We also take it personally. Mm -hmm. so all of a sudden you know we're doing something especially when you think about the the childhood side of things of being the people pleased or being the you know certain roles depending on what your role is is the way that you respond to that and often we'll respond it in a way of like give me attention I'll do anything so (laughs) like we're bringing that person in and then we feel good because our behavior has been praised by that attention that we've got from doing whatever they freaking wanted you to basically
0: so if we've been predisposed to that behavior if you will even if it was some like not directed at us eventually we get pulled back into that because it's a comfort for us i like the addiction side better i don't like saying it's comforting i like saying it's addictive yeah
2: because if you think think about it think about babies what do babies do when they need attention oh they cry yeah so that's the reason they cry, you know, that that's getting rewarded. They're getting what they need. So this is like even down to, you know, those primal needs, mm-hmm. they are being satisfied in that sort of way from being able to give, do the, do the behavior to get what they need. And that's exactly what happens within dating.
1: Yeah.
0: So back to the show, there's, you know, there's a one of the episodes where they get to a point where they're, they pick their people or whatever, and then they get to go in front of all the other men that were, at the, in in the situation. And they literally get to just talk shit about everybody (laughs) that has said anything negative about the women. And, you know, you have like, I don't know, 20 men sitting in front of these three women saying, this person's not good for you. Like, you shouldn't really actually keep going with this. Why are you doing, it? like, these men Mm. are sitting here saying this. And these women are still like, "Mm. I don't know. I'm just confused still about this. And it's like, oh you need help maybe then because
2: this is yeah. ridiculous but this is the thing I mean I've been watching um I'm gonna get the word wrong is it the Nixum cult Nixem or whatever it is oh
1: uh NXIVM.
2: yes, yeah yes and it, it's like when we are so in it we are we almost teach ourselves how to think mm-hmm. so uh what, one thing that uh when I've gone when I help and um, people have gone through really horrific narcissistic relationships they'll actually come to me to the point where they're like I need, you know, I need help make this decision for me. And I think one of the most recent discussions I had was then this person had broke up with their ex and they're like going, um, so do I go on the holiday that we booked together?
1: No,
0: <laughs> exactly. no, you, you, you don't.
2: But the funny <laughs> thing is, yeah, but the funny thing is when you're so in it, you're looking for a way out, but you're also looking for someone else to make your decisions for you. It's like so religion. It's like- yeah. Yes. Yes. And that's quite <laughs> funny. My partner actually does that. He actually works with people in religious cults. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, that's another story. But um, <laughs> so basically, this, I know. I know. It's just freaking insane. But but that's basically how it works. You know, you're almost giving your power away to be able to ask someone, "Can you make this deci- decision for me?" so uh, one of the things we have to do is like okay I'll give you I'm not making a decision for you but I'll give you the information you need so you're able to make an informed decision for yourself so it's giving the power back to them so it's quite funny because with um, that lady who's like oh I don't know and I you know should I should I date him and all these different things it's um uh, I don't know if you've ever ta- had to talk someone out of going into a narcissistic relationship but it's the same kind of premise they can't see it because the addiction's so good it's almost like actually telling. A druggy to stop using whilst they're well, in
1: the yeah, exactly, user. yeah, <laughs> yeah. One of the <clears throat> sorry, one of the pieces of advice that I had received in business I feel like also applies to dating and relationships, and that is that during a negotiation, the person who cares the least is the one who has the most power. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the fuckboys boys are probably the ones who care the least and are actually the ones holding the most power because the women are hearing much more
2: yeah yes I think, I think as well it's remembering the story because we often look at things and we create the story so I think if you go into a relationship it's I think it's more about the person who cares the least about themselves or mm. the least power because it's like when you look at um, people who care about themselves the most they're able to make those decisions in the best interests of themselves right so if you've got someone who doesn't care about the other person but you're someone who's you know you care about yourself and you know what you're worth how easy is it to be able to walk away from that knowing that you can go into a relationship that works better for you versus someone who doesn't have that within themselves where they feel they need to stay in that relationship because they'll never find something better
0: do you do you find that people come to you and they're just not ready to be in a relationship yet and you let them know like hey you need to work on this part before we even introduce Do
2: you know what the beauty is the people who come to me are never ready for a relationship <laughs> but that's the truth that's that's yeah. and, they, and they know it and that's the reason why they come to work with me because i know even if i said to them right i've got this amazing partner they've got everything that you want and, and more in terms of what you'd like for a long-term relationship here you go are you ready and most people go like the idea but ooh. it's terrifying <laughs> yes. because there's an element that actually happens where you have to almost um what's that lovely be, saying Before be accountable you, for your what? own actions oh, no, it's becoming it's becoming the person that can actually be able to enjoy that relationship because if you're in a place where you feel that you don't deserve love or you can't have the relationship that you want guess what the subconscious will play out that story for you so, you can be in a relationship. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been in this situation, I have, where I've gone into a relationship and everything's perfect. And it's like, oh, wow, well, they've cooked this meal for me. They've done this, they've done that. It's like, okay, they're too good to be true. Let's try and pick holes in them. And the other side, and then what you tend to do when you can't find any issues, you start looking at yourself, well, then suddenly you're not going to like me. They're going to leave me. They're going to do this. And all this plays out in your head. So, you know, even if that relationship's perfect, you can end up self-sabotaging in that mm-hmm. way because you aren't ready for it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You don't believe that you can have it or it exists or whatever it might be. So I love to say before you can have, you must become.
0: <laughs> I like that saying a lot. And I hate to do this, but we gotta shift gears here.
2: Yeah, I can I can see.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it makes me really sad because I'm just having so much fun. But I got things to do. <laughs> I get you. <laughs> <laughs> um, um,
1: okay, so it's at girl time.
0: And Nicole, I'm going to let you do your speech because you're way better at than I am.
1: Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. So <laughs> admirals are just um, a way to pat ourselves on the back for something good that's happened to us or something uh, positive that we have done recently so that, uh, you know, after me divulging so many things about my dating life during this episode, I can come out of it saying I'm still a good person. Um <laughs> That's just not a normal speech, but you know. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> so basically, my uh, my Attagirl or my the thing I'm going to pat this out myself on the back for is um, being thrown into a work situation that I was not expecting, and just staying authentic and true, and being transparent and just providing the facts and trying to not get fully overwhelmed with like a 50 versus one situation so (laughs) i came out alive i survived (laughs) and hopefully i showed leadership in the same vein
0: (laughs) at a girl (laughs) thank you thank you
1: Um, it was um it was challenging yeah
0: That's how you grow.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those situations when you're like, just can you just not worry about all these other things and just do your job, please? Yeah. Can we just, can you just not ask Mm -hmm. all of these questions that don't pertain to what we're talking about, nor your job, and just (laughs) do your fucking job? But I do want to know. But I do want to know. Yeah.
0: That's, like, do you want to know how Rome decided they wanted to start plumbing the whole city for, you know, toilets and stuff? Do you want that info, too? Is that how far <laughs> you want to go back right now? Calm down. Seriously. Um, Proud of you. Mine also. You. Mine is also Rick-related. I've decided that I am um, just going to do my own thing here, because... <laughs> Not really getting a whole lot of direction, and uh, the direction I take is usually I get a slap on the wrist, but I'm here for it. Like, I'm just going to put wrist pads on, we're going to go, we're just going to take off, and um, it's actually gaining a lot of momentum, and a lot of folks are appreciative of the work that I'm doing, um, even if my boss has directly told me not to do it. So, I'm actually feeling pretty good about that right now. Maybe a little nervous about what the future holds for the job, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> I imagine that it will be fine considering the work I'm doing is actually being justified and validated through all of the other people that I've been working with. It's just that one person, you know? (laughs) I'm not, I think it stems back into like, I have, I create authority figures in my head and I create this, um, unnecessary need to like abstain from being myself and speaking my truth in front of these authority figures. And especially at work it gets a little difficult for me so proud of myself because i'm not allowing you know this authority figure to create more concerns and woes and problems for me like i'm just managing it better so
1: that's
2: good
0: had Congratulations.
2: my own add a girl, girl. Thank, you.
1: thank you
0: thank you thank you miss lily
2: yeah, um, so obviously we've had like school holidays over in the UK and one of my clients lover, She's like going through a divorce with like a really highly narcissistic, controlling ex-husband. And um, uh, <laughs> I gave her some tactics on how to deal with that difficult personality. And she's ended up teaching her children how to use those tactics too. So these kids have had the best School holidays in their life, going to all different places from using these tactics to uh, get a better relationship with their dad, and also have a better school holiday in the process.
0: Sounds That's amazing! Cool. You've impacted just not one, but a whole family. There we go. Just love the side effects. You know what I mean? There we go.
1: <laughs> I mean. That's amazing that you can have that much influence to really, uh, change a family dynamic that has been that way their whole lives, you know, it's, it, for, from the kid's perspective, that's been this way forever. So why would it change, you know? Right. Um, so also changing, incredible. also
0: changing that childhood trauma that you come with to create that pattern in your own adult life. I feel like those kids are going to benefit so much more than we realize because they will be able to identify that person before they even entertain the chance of an opportunity. And they'll just, Oh, we're all set. Yeah. Creating good habits in younger generations. That's what I'm talking about. I had a girl, <laughs> Lily. <Thank you. laughs>
1: on your website and um social or wherever they can find you and especially it sounds like i need to do this compatibility matrix so let's talk about that place
2: again. Uh, yes <laughs> so check us out on um, uh, love with intelligence.com so we've got a lot of our training on the website and also on facebook youtube instagrams so there's a few places that you can find us
0: i
1: love Great. it and then Everyone can find us on Instagram at Homance underscore Chronicles. And we have a Judgment Free Zone um, closed group on Facebook where we share uh, dating stories and I post screenshots of conversations with ridiculous men. Um, So if you go to Facebook, the Homance Chronicles the Judgment Free Zone, you can request to join that group as well. So thank you so much for your time today. This conversation flew by. I feel like we could talk forever. I am so grateful for the knowledge that you've given us and um, any single listeners who are experiencing the same sort of woes. And, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully I will be able (laughs) to take what we learned today and put something into practice. So I appreciate your time.
2: Oh, no, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely (laughs) loved it. (laughs) So much fun. (laughs) Comance out.